Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. be calling this the save the words that dc fans have been waiting to hear since 1974 the washington capitals are the 2018 stanley cup champions Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! 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 Well, I'm not going to talk about those Cowboys. It's been a rough couple of weeks. But welcome back to Huddle Up Podcast. We are live here on a Tuesday night, October the 15th. And uh, we are glad to be with you. We apologize for the week off last week, but football's going haywire and the referees suck. And that's what we're going to talk about this week and more. But first, we're brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on NGSC Sports. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your tastes and likes. So why not add decor that reflects your sports, movie, and TV fandom? Alicia's Pillows and Things is your hookup. They feature... Pillows of all sizes, stools, and more with all your favorite teams and characters. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage. Go ahead and place your order. And uh, let them know that Huddle Up sent you. We'd appreciate that as well. You can follow us on all of our social media at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. If you're here for the live video, give it a like and a share. We'd appreciate that. Get as many people in here as possible. We bring back Dave. Dave is back with us here this week. Dave, how are we doing, bud? Jim, we're doing well. Uh, happy to be back. But uh, I, I do have one question after that intro that I have to ask. Is <laughs> Alicia's Toes and Things the, uh, the sponsor of Huddle Up or the Cowboys? Because they're soft. <laughs> yeah, they most certainly are. Um, it's... Uh, it's not been a great couple of weeks. We will we will talk about the Cowboys when we do our uh, predictions here coming up uh, in a little bit. It's uh, it's definitely been definitely been a rough one for uh, for Cowboys fans, but it is what it is. Uh, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. And and that was a that was one of the crazier things that happened this past weekend. And we asked uh, asked people on our social media, and if you're following along. Um, you can, uh, you can leave some comments here in the live video. We'd appreciate that as well. Um, but one thing I asked was, you know, what was the craziest thing that happened, um, this past weekend in, in football. And, um, Andrew said the continuation of the Atlanta curse, the Falcons lost last week, then the Braves, then Georgia, which, um, I think we sent a tweet out actually happens more often than you would think. Um, and uh, he says he can't wait for the Big Ten to uh, address some horrible officiating. Um, not sure what he's uh, alluding to there. Um, he said the single craziest game to him uh, was uh, Georgia, of course, in college football, uh, and either the Steelers winning or Washington and the Dolphins not tying uh, in the NFL. And yeah, let's let's jump into that because uh, it was the um, the tank for Tua Bowl, uh, this past weekend in Miami, um, but real quick, Dave, but the, the, 
Um, the thing that blew me away is, can the Dolphins make it any more obvious that their intention is to not win a game? Uh, so, you know, they, they, they march back, they get within one, they line up for the two point conversion for the win. And it was one of the, the, the most bafflingly terrible play calls I've seen on a two point conversion try maybe ever. And I mean, is it, is it that they're just not even trying to pretend that they're, that they're tanking at this point? I, I think that's a hundred percent correct statement, but uh, going along with that kind of along the same point that the most shocking thing to me this weekend in the NFL was just the pure ineptitude of the head coaches and how dumb they are like numerous instances on, on things that happened uh, that, that are just terrible coaching. I mean, the Browns kitchen, pretty kitchens probably cost them the game at the end of the first half there by being absolutely dumbfounded. Um, the, the clapper was at it again, which we don't need to get into too much. But um, I I thought it was going to be pretty funny. I was actually uh, coming to someone that we were sitting next to at the Bears game at the time, um, asking them, wouldn't it be something if the Dolphins scored and then to, t- to go down one point and then they run the two-point conversion and uh, Fitzmagic just takes a knee? Wouldn't that have just been something takes four steps back and then just right. kneels? Right, yeah, it's um... – and obviously, we're we're going to talk about the officiating. We'll we'll get to more NFL stuff um, in a little bit, but but quite the top twenty five shakeup um, in college football this past weekend, Dave, and not just um, from the standpoint of Georgia losing, which obviously has has quite the impact on the uh, future of college football as the rest of the season plays out, um, but you know, and and realistically, you know, they're their playoff chances probably still alive if you win out and win the SEC. Um, but it, it took a major hit. Um, I think that, uh, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, depending how you view it as a Notre Dame fan, and, and I actually might view it from a fortunate standpoint, um, Georgia's lost this past weekend um, probably eliminates the, the opportunity for Notre Dame to play in the college football playoff because – you know, you you kind of needed the the you know that signature loss, so to speak. Like if you were only going to have one loss, a close loss to a a hopefully undefeated Georgia team um, probably keeps you in the conversation, depending how things shake out. But um, I, I don't know if if Georgia, even if they do win out, you know, having having a loss there, um, you know, it, it probably does quite a bit of damage. Uh, to the Fighting Irish and their and their chances, um, but but and and the the other big one obviously is is LSU, um, you know with it with a huge win against Florida, jumping all the way up to number two um, in the uh, top twenty five, number three in the coaches poll. Um, the coaches poll once again uh, for another week, making a decision that I think is just ludicrous. Like if you're if you're actually putting uh, Clemson above LSU in your top twenty five right now. Um, and obviously plenty of season left, but you know, for, for LSU not to be the number two team in the country in, in, in my opinion is crazy. And, and for Clemson's, I think still to be above Ohio state. So there, there was a lot of shakeup this week, Dave, in the, in the top 25, which, which shakeup, which, you know, riser or faller, um, you know, was the, was I don't know, the most surprising, most impactful to you? I think uh, I, I think question number one, Jim, that we have to kind of touch on here, and, and you kind of hit on it a little bit but didn't go uh, into it too much, but this Clemson team, where would you have this Clemson team ranked if they weren't the, the defending national champs? That is playing into the rankings tremendously based on what they did last year, not on what they did this year. And I mean, I, you, you got to try and gauge teams a little bit and see their, their mindset and everything. But I think what you have going on in this Clemson team in this Clemson locker room is it's a, who cares? We got to shoe into the, the ACC national title or not uh, conference title game. We win that we're, we're in the, in the dance. Why am I going to, I mean, I got to think of college kids. Why am I going to do more than I have to, to get there? Well, we win every true. game by two points. We're still in the national title game, which I think is true. Um, barring anything abnormal and really unusual, 
Um, but I think you, you've got to start there that if, I mean, use Notre Dame as an example. You still don't want to play this Clemson team, especially if you give Dabo two and a half, three weeks to prep with everything that matters. Um, do I think those Clemson teams as good as the one last year? No, but this Clemson team is still a top five team in college football. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and and I think you you have you have a perfectly good point there, and and I know um, two weeks ago we did kind of touch on that. Is is you know Clemson all they have to do is win, you know, because obviously you have two national titles in the last three years. You have um, you know the kind of the world at your fingertips. So as long as you don't slip up and lose, as long as you don't Georgia yourself, um, you're you're going to be fine. You're going to get into the playoff again you know that that is maybe somewhat playing with fire I, I know they're better than every team um in the ACC so it, it shouldn't it shouldn't prevent them they, they shouldn't lose at any point but at some point kind of the complacent mind um and and complacent attitude may catch up to them now again we have six games left in the college football season you have an ACC title game Will they slip up? Probably not. Like the 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 the, the smart money, um, the smart money is that they are going to win out and get into the college football playoff. But yeah, it's it it's obviously something to watch. Now this weekend there there's plenty of uh, implications. Next weekend even more. So there, there's going to be a lot a lot of things that 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 begin to break down even within the top ten teams. Uh, the top eight teams are, are, are going to begin to kind of shake out a bit over the next few weeks, so we're, we'll, we'll get to those. Um, what do you do with the Big Ten in all seriousness? I mean, who – who? what do you do with I, – I, I do not have a good read on this Penn State team, who I thought was going to be terrible, and they look a lot better, but they should, probably shouldn't have beaten Iowa, to be honest. Uh, if you look at the box score, it's a little bit of a box score fraud win. Um Wisconsin doesn't allow anyone to score. Therefore, they're not going to lose a game. Right. Um, and Ohio State is just rolling over everyone. I mean, this Wisconsin team, I can't tell if they are if they're for real or if they're a pretender. I mean, obviously, the, the thing that could be really cool here is you could have, and I think it's the last week of the year that Wisconsin plays Minnesota, and they could both be 11-0, and realistically, without too big of a trouble here. <laughs> yeah, no. That could be really damn cool. Yeah, and and by let, the way, I think I said uh, I think I called uh, Minnesota winning that side of the conference at the beginning of the year. Throwing yeah, that out there. Don't well, well, I I do remember uh, our friend Frank calling in back uh, during our college football preview show, saying that uh, that that Minnesota was going to go undefeated, and he is halfway there. So uh, Frank, if you're listening, but I, I know he's down in uh, Panama City uh, doing some good work down there. Um, but he is, uh, he is halfway home on that prediction. I mean, I, I think we're going to find out both a lot about Wisconsin, but also a lot about Ohio state. Um, not this Saturday, but next Saturday when those two teams, um, meet in Columbus, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of that battle of Ohio state can't stop scoring and Wisconsin doesn't let people score. So which, which unit is really the better one? Uh, we'll find that out. I, I think we'll, um, possibly find out a little bit more about Penn State this weekend that's one of our games coming up so we'll, we'll get to that Dave um and, and and talk about it there but I mean I I think I I think the Big Ten obviously is definitely strong enough that that and just based on on other conferences and, and Notre Dame not kind of being in the conversation that the winner has to get in there but depending how the rest of the season shakes out I think the the Big Ten, for the first time, I believe, in college football playoff history, could be um, could be fielding two teams in the playoff. But it, the, the, these these games over the next month um, are going to have to shake down in the right way. Um, you know. All right, so I got to play this one out. Who gets in? My favorite game in the world. All right. From the from the SEC, LSU beats Alabama. Alabama runs the table. Aside from that. Georgia beats LSU in the SEC title game. Three one-loss SEC teams with your biggest one having the weakest win. Um, 
Do they put three SEC teams in if Clemson loses? And I'm being facetious, of course. But well, I mean, if Clemson loses, then yeah, you might get four SEC teams in. They'll just bump the Big Ten out completely. Um, well, I mean, you're, you know you're, what I mean. This could get very interesting here. It is, and that that that's what's even crazier about it. In a year where you know Georgia loses, they they appear to be out of the way. Uh, Notre Dame lost to Georgia, so they should be out of the way. The Pac-12. Um, has has worked itself out of the college football playoff, uh, but you're, you're I disagree. Uh, I disagree, dude. I dude, like who who would be? I don't your, think it's. Li- who, I don't think it's likely, but I think depending on what happens between Utah and Oregon, and if if they win out, because they would meet in the uh, title game, I believe they would both be one loss in the title game. Um, not saying it is likely, don't get me wrong there, not saying it's likely, but if they have a huge Pac-12 title game, like a 30 or 40 point win, I think you have a remote chance that one of the two gets in, depending what happens in other conferences. I, I would. I mean, Oregon's so losses to Auburn. I would think, I would think it would have so- to be, I, if, if, if a team from the Pac-12 gets in, I, I think it would have to be Oregon because I, I think that loss to USC for for Utah is going to loom a lot bigger than the Auburn loss. And again, this is also depending what Auburn does. And and this is where this again, like we've all always said, this is where that that playoff committee gets real tricky because like these are the conversations that I believe are happening. They're going, well, look, you know, Auburn, you know, they looked good when they beat Oregon, but now you know they're they're a middling top fifteen, maybe top twenty program. Um, you know, is that really a good loss? And is Utah's loss a really a good one? You no, know, co- I mean, you could say Oregon or Auburn. Auburn uh, barely got by Oregon and then got trounced by Florida, who got beaten by 14 by LSU right. versus <laughs> USC, USC losing to Notre Dame by three, who got beat by Georgia by what, seven? Seven. Yeah. I'm making a, the, a, a the conversations, argument. The but, conversations get crazy. And, and like th- th- these are the these are the type of things that I enjoy the discussions that I enjoy because th- this is and especially if you eventually expand the playoff to eight, which we'll have those discussions in a few weeks, I'm sure. Um, but it- it's the conversations that you didn't get to have with the BCS, and and, and that that's that's one thing that that the college football playoff has given us. And 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 you know, even though it's right now incorrectly for only four teams. In my opinion, we should all be thankful for the college football playoff because you can have these playout situations, um, which are always fun. Uh, Dave, a real quick check in here on the uh, the Heisman watch. Um, according to ESPN, Joe Burrow uh, has moved up to number one, two at number two, uh, Jalen Hurts at three, and Jonathan Taylor at four. Um, I mean, I, I think right now, and, and I think there are obviously. Um, going on, on, on some sports books and, and what the odds are playing on that as well. Um, I think Burrow's probably right now your 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 sexy pick, your um, you know, the, the 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 shine is on the diamond most bright right now because of what LSU has been doing. Um, I again it's way too premature uh, to talk about Heisman stuff in, in, in true reality right now because the next you know six, seven, eight weeks uh, are going to ter- determine that stuff as well. Um, but I-, I think what Coach Orgeron and Joe Burrow and that LSU team has done so far has been absolutely a blast to watch, no, no matter no matter what anybody else says. Because there was a moment there where Florida looked like they were creeping back in and LSU just went, nope, not this week, we're winning. Um, and it, they, they've probably been the most fun story of the year. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue with you there. I mean, if I had to to put money down right now, I would. Uh, I, I would be hard pressed to go against Tua. Um, I can tell you right now, there's no way in heck I'd be putting anything down on Jalen Hurts. No. Um, I think you you got two things working against him. One, he couldn't beat out Tua, so how can you give him the Heisman? And two, um, you're really going to give the the Heisman to the same university three years in a row. Um, looking at FanDuel right now, Jim, our, our, one of our legal books here in Pennsylvania, you can get Joe Burrow at uh, plus 410, which means you're getting a little over 4-1 to one on your money. So if you like him, uh, time to get some money down there, big boy. Yeah, there you go. And, and yeah, it's, you know, it's 
and you're you're also counting again that it's a conference of um you know little to no defense so even though that you know they have gotten the Heisman the last few years you also have to begin to go you know is this really uh where we want to go with this trophy again this year so uh plenty of things could be working against Jalen Hurts on that one but I mean still a good story for him uh, to move on from uh, from Alabama and, and and find success there in Oklahoma, and we'll we'll see how the rest of the year plays out uh, for them. Let's jump to um, games in the top twenty five that are head to heads. But before we get to Saturday, I, you know th- this one. I don't want to say I don't I don't like to use the word trap because I feel like it's a it's a sports radio crutch a bit. But Friday night. This Friday night, number four Ohio State, a twenty-eight point favorite, goes to Northwestern, um, eight thirty on FS1. It's the, the the Big Ten's doing the the Friday night games again this year, um, which are an absolute blast to watch. If you like, for us, I mean, we usually like go out to the grocery store, go out to eat, come home. It's like, oh yeah, there's like real college football on TV, uh, which is a, a nice, pleasant change on a Friday night. Um, again, I'm not going to use the word trap game. But 28 points, the over-under is 48. I, I know Ohio State, everything seems like that should be a, a, a fairly easy shoe in, lock it up, walk away with a win. Um, but you have Wisconsin looming next week. You know, it's it's the, there's the, the, the chatter's already going, offense versus defense. And can Ohio State just get, go in and get the business done this week and not look ahead? We'll find out. I if the for me, if I'm putting money on this game, I, I'm definitely taking Northwestern with the points. Um, I, I'm probably still going to play the over because I, I just think that your 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 smart money there is probably that Ohio State's still going to put up numbers. Um, but there's there's a part of me, Dave, that would not be 100% shocked if Northwestern would pull an upset here, or at least, if nothing else, you know, run a scare into Ohio State late into that game. Yeah, I I don't know what to expect on this. Northwestern's had some crazy, um, ridiculous magic the past couple of years, so I don't really know what to, to guess and think on, on, on them. But, uh, I mean, if you like Northwestern here, you have to like the under, because the only chance – Northwestern's not going to outscore Ohio State. Sure, sure. The only chance Northwestern has is, is a 20-17 to 17 type game that they, they get 14 points off the of turnovers and then they luck into two 45-yard field goals. Um, I, I think that you, you do have it right. This is a definite uh, uh, sleepy spot for Ohio State, but I think the one thing to consider here is, is, is this is a real um, – this is a real uh, adjustment of game plan per se for the first year head coach there and, and sure, uh, playing on a Friday night with a game ahead. How does he get the, he, this is going to say a lot about him. Urban Meyer would not have let the kids come out flat. Um, Saban wouldn't, et cetera. So um, this is kind of going to say a lot about his planning and prep type of thing. So um, I, I agree with you. I think Northwestern is the correct side, but uh, I can't say I'm too interested at this point in time. I don't know that I want to, step in front of a freight train (laughs) um all right let's move to saturday there's two games head-to-head in the top 25 this week uh the first one is at 330 on abc it is number 12 oregon who we were just talking about they're a three and a half point uh road favorite at number 25 washington the over under on this one 51 and a half i'm already going to say the over because it's the pac-12 and that's what that's what the pac-12 does um the, the, the three-and-a-half number is really interesting because Washington was a team that um, I think gets a lot gets a fair amount of preseason love. People tend to kind of, you know, want to put them high up there and want to give them uh, the preseason hype and hope. Um, and there's usually a game or two that they disappoint. But there always tends to be a game, Dave, where all of those preseason hopes and aspirations and all of that kind of come together. Um and and will that be this week? That I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm actually going to go ahead. I'm going to take Washington with the upset. Why the heck not? They're at home. They want to spoil Oregon's year, um, and uh, and and at least do something that's uh, going to make him feel a little bit better about what has been somewhat of a disappointing start uh, to to 2019. 
Well, I hope if they're going to upset someone that's left on their schedule, it's Oregon and not uh, Utah, personally <laughs> speaking, from a financial aspect. So um, I, I think that this is a, a troublesome spot here for Oregon. Um, anytime you get uh, what the heck the coach's name is in Oregon, Mario Cristobal, um, in a coach that's uh, any kind of semi-competent, they're probably the right side because Chris Paul is not a good X's and O type of guy. He just wins it with talent on the field. Um, so I, I agree. I think that uh, Oregon is primed for the upset here, but you also got to remember that there, there's two hopes left for the Pac-12 to get into the title game. So the rest are going to be purely on Oregon here to try and get that through for the conference. Not that that should have anything to do with it, but you have to be mindful of that too. Yeah, and and I mean we we've talked about that uh, at times, uh, you know, when we've talked about games in the SEC and and in other conferences. And as unfortunate as it is, um, it's it's one of those realities that that does kind of uh, linger out there. That that you know that there's money for the conference uh, if a team goes to the playoffs. So, uh, and then the other one, Dave, is is one that we were you know beginning I think to talk about. And uh, and I wanted to wait till we got to the official picks. Uh, number sixteen, Michigan at number seven, Penn State, uh, who is a nine point home favorite. The over under on this one forty five. Uh, this one is the night game on uh, ABC seven thirty, and uh, is also College Game Day uh, location this week. Um, I have no idea how to pick this game uh, because. You know, early in the year, I would have figured that Penn State probably has a loss or two by now. Uh, I would have thought Michigan would have been a lot better than they have been, and um, so uh, this it's it's it, it, this one is a is a is a total mind f to me, and and um, I think it's going to come down to the strength of Michigan's defense to slow down Penn State's offense, and Michigan not turning the ball over the over the last couple weeks and hell the entire season their inability to not throw interceptions and not put the ball on the ground has been just it's just been mind-blowing to me um I'm gonna take the under I know that much 48 and a half uh or excuse me 45 um you know we saw what what happened to Penn State when they played against a good defense this past week and I know they're at home, but but and Michigan's offense just is not good with Shea Patterson. So the the smart money there play the under. Um, I was in the doghouse last time when I picked Wisconsin. I'm not going to do it again. I'm gonna take Michigan with the upset just to save my own ass. That's a hell of a cop out. <laughs> I don't care. L- listen here, Mister uh, Fifty Fifty on hard questions. Uh, you cop out your own way. I'll cop out mine. I mean, I, I'd be pretty tired of sleeping on the sofa if I were you too. So um, we'll leave, we'll leave it there. But um, so this one, um, I, I I think that we have to talk about the things that we know in this. We know that Michigan's offense is struggling, and we know that Penn State has a really good defense. I think those are the two knowns in this. Yes, Michigan's defense has been playing pretty well. Um, Penn State's offense is is me at best like, they're they're growing they, they're they're growing well, well well you know it's growing pains one week they'll look great one week they won't again i think you have two you have two coaches in this as well that are are vastly um overrated in the recruiters they're not x's and o's type of guys in my opinion um okay. Jimmy franklin especially um the the other thing that really really um intrigued me with this is i i always like to to to, to remember what the look ahead lines were and if this game were played uh, when the look-ahead lines came out, Michigan would be a three-and-a-half to four-point favorite. Um, we have – I, I, I forget what the line's at right now, but nine. Um, Penn State's Penn a heavy State favorite. Nine, yeah. so, um, the, the question I have at hand when I, when I look at this, um, it's going to be very hard for me to bet Penn State against the spread here. Um, I have some more digging to do on this one. Not to say that it, uh, it won't happen, but – 14 points in line move, and, and I go back to one of the things I always like to ask is, what has caused all this line move, and is it justified? Um, it, it, I think Penn State is better than we thought. I think Michigan is worse than we thought. But did we miss these teams by a combined 14 points at the beginning of the year? 
Yeah. That, that, that seems, I mean, I might be able to buy Penn State at a soft six maybe, but man, nine and a half. You got to believe that we see ten come game day, right? I mean, yeah, I, I would think. Is, I mean, what what in the next couple of days? And and, and we always reiterate here that you know this is this is Tuesday. So if you know, check check back to wherever you're, you know, doing your DGen things, uh, but before game time. But what what is going to happen between now and and Saturday night that that is going. To would that would move the line in Michigan's favor? I don't think there is anything. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, I, 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 I am not playing Penn State. I'll, I'll put it that way. That if I'm going to play Penn State, um, I'm going to lay their their FanDuel right now has them at minus three forty. I'll just play the money line. Um, much safer. Uh, and B, the other thing is we're talking about this being a, a low scoring game. I don't know that I exactly want to be. Minus ten in a in a possible thirty point total game. <laughs> right, I mean, that means they have to win twenty to ten. Um, so I mean, I I agree that it's the under. Um, I I am like you that I don't like the the total. I think it's very confusing because I think what it's trying to tell. I think what it's trying to do is say, hey, you can get nine and a half points on Michigan. Um, right. I, I think they're trying to get you on Michigan and not lay that nine and a half with Penn State. Um, I think Penn State wins this game. Uh, sorry, Dana, but uh, I think Penn State <laughs> wins this, this game. But I think Michigan will beat. Um, I, I think Michigan ha- has an all-in type effort when they play Ohio State later this year. That could be for Harbaugh's job, which will be pretty interesting. Um, but I think that this is an ugly one. Although the the thing that's interesting is generally when it seems so obvious that it's going under, somehow this is a a thirty-five, thirty-one game. <laughs> right. That makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> right. It's going to be one of those games that. You know, Shea Patterson remembers how to throw the ball like he did it uh, at Mississippi and all of that. So, yeah. It, it, well, it, and the other thing is, what is what is Patterson going to do, and how is he going to react to Happy Valley at night? Yeah, That's an atmosphere. Yeah, and you know, it's you know, Michigan wears all white. There's going to be a lot of white in that stadium. It's going to be real loud. Um, you know, the, the and and the key to them is going to be is going to be to get up early. And, you know, not make mistakes because you said, and I said it this past week. I mean, there was times where they, you know, they just put the ball on the ground uh, against Illinois and, and were able to recover. I'm like, I don't think you're going to be able to make the same mistakes against Penn State and, um, and, and be okay. I, I, it's an unfortunate reality depending who you are. Um, but, but I think that that is the reality is you, you just can't make the mistakes that you've been making against a better team. Uh, and and expect to win. So the, like that that's what it boils down to is you can you correct the mistakes that you've been making against you know lower quality teams um, when when you take the field this week at, at, at Happy Valley because you got to get that crowd out of it. It's you know because you know look at what look at what happened at, at Notre Dame in Georgia. You know I think if that game's on a neutral field, um, you know you probably don't commit was it eleven false start penalties that that dramatically change the game you know so that that's kind of going to kind of be the similar test that that Michigan has this week so um that that's that's the big one on the on the weekend so uh there's our picks in college Dave let's let's shift over yeah one more here uh, one more here quick Jim sure. uh, something that's that's uh something that's some uh I, I always like to see when it happens um I believe Baylor is a three point favorite over a ranked um Oklahoma State team uh, I think I saw somewhere that, uh, and again, useless stats that only Dave would see on Twitter, but uh, we're going to roll with it. But uh, I think I saw somewhere on Twitter that um, of the last 12 teams that were a favorite to a ranked underdog team, they're like 11-1. and one. So okay. um, I like Baylor at minus three this week. So um, go Bears. All right, there you go. Let's move to the NFL. And obviously, Dave, the, the, the big headline – for the past couple weeks, um, and really the entire season, unfortunately, um, is not about you know a surprising team that, that that's come out of nowhere or anything like that. It's been the officiating in the NFL, and um, game after game, moment after moment, week after week, um, we're seeing just some of the worst officiating I think that that has been seen um, in a in a very long time, and it was on display. 
late in the Cowboys-Jets game, both for, in favor of the Cowboys and in favor of the Jets, um, just in, in absolute what-the-hell-are-they-doing fashion. We saw it last night in the Packers-Lions game. There was these illegal hands-to-the-face calls that I, he never touched his face that, that changed the game, that set up and, and, and got the Packers and, and helped them get into position. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the Packers, but the reality is there were there was calls that were made right in front of the official that were were not were not legit, and there was calls missed in, in various games right in front of the officials that, uh, that 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 could have helped change things as well. Um, I I don't I don't know what the the answer or solution is because we've we've gotten to this point, and and I've kind of said it for a couple of years is I think the problem that the NFL is in is they have created so many rules that the officials are are, are truly confused. I, I don't know how else to, to 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 really not even justify or maybe maybe to explain just a bit because you know th- these rule books are getting bigger and bigger every year everything's getting more convoluted what is a catch what isn't a catch what's pass interference what's not pass interference you know it's 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 all just complicated language where i i, I think that, that that's what it is and, and obviously the game moves faster and faster everything's in real time is is the solution truly a you know, some sort of a, a, a review system. And, and I mean, it's only going to make the game longer. We've already seen this year that, that I mean, your, your tempo's broken up because of penalties, because of reviews. I, I don't I don't know what the simple solution is, but, but I, I do know that it's definitely having an impact on watching individual games. Like, if I'm watching Red Zone, I don't really notice it. When I'm watching individual games, the product is, it's hurting the NFL product. Yeah, Jim, you're 100% right on that, that it's, uh, it, it is an issue, and it's, I don't know what the solution is. I, I'm right there with you that the, the NFL of the 1970s versus the NFL of today was a lot simpler, but the players also weren't as, as big and as mm-hmm. strong and as fast as they are nowadays that contribute to a lot of these issues, and they are trying with a lot of these, these rules. I mean, hitting the quarterback low, hitting landing with your weight on the quarterback, stuff like that, they are trying to – to implement and assist with some player safety, um, I get what they're trying to do, but how do you how do you make take some of the judgment out of this? Um, if we figure that out, we'll be a lot better off. The, the one that really, um, for lack of better terms, annoys the hell out of me is these um, these measurements and did the ball cross the end zone and things along those lines. Like we are in 2020 almost here. Put one of those microchips in either end of the ball. And you know where the end zone is. You can do that instantly. Yes, it's a touchdown. No, it's not. Look what soccer does with the goal scoring. Sure. Like, you can fix that problem. And how how much quicker is it to um, take that off-field official and have him review it? You don't even have to bring the change out for measurements anymore. Like, That's a great point, you too. You know where the – like, it, it, you speed up the game with something like that. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have that in 50 years at minimum. And – they're going to look back and say, yeah, look what these idiots were still doing with chains. <laughs> I mean, like you got to get these technological wins that you can, and I, I don't know what you do with these judgment penalties. I mean, it's the same thing that you're fighting in baseball um, with the strike zone, that it, it's, it's a judgment thing and it's part of the game, but what do you do when it's taking away from the game? And I mean, Ultimately, one game cost in football has a heck of a lot bigger impact than one game in baseball, just based on the number of season, uh, number of games in the season. But the other thing is, I mean, you, you look at the Lions, and they win the game last night, and they're in first place in the NFC North, and if they lose it, they're in last place. Right. Um, so this has a huge impact, and I mean, this could realistically, uh, a game that the Lions probably should have won can come back and and literally cost the city of Detroit hundreds of millions of dollars if they miss the playoffs because of it. Um, you just think of all the, the revenue of the people coming in, the networks, all that stuff with hotels and dining and, and air travel and all that stuff. So, I mean, you got to think about it from that aspect, too, that, that I don't know what the right answer is, but I think it's crystal clear that there has to be something done 
in order to, um, I don't know what the right word is, sterilize the game a little bit. But the, the NFL to the, the, the fan is unwatchable because you can't translate anything from one game to the other. Like, this right. is a false start in one game. This isn't the other. This is a hold in one game. It's not in the other. Well, I take that back. Everything's <laughs> well, a hold this well, year. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say. But, I mean, yeah, I agree. It's, it's you know, it unfortunately, it seems like almost every rule in the NFL is the strike zone in Major League Baseball. Like, it changes by pitch, by inning, by umpire, by uh, the, the direction the wind's blowing. So, it's it's – and, and this is why I said, and obviously the, the Alliance of American Football uh, failed because of financial issues within the league, but, you know, if, if the XFL is going to find any sort of success, I think you have to capitalize on simple, uh, simplifying the game. Is this a catch? Did he catch it? Was he? Did it look like he was in bounds? Sure. Let's move on. Um, you know, don't be so... Critical, critical, calling every little thing that you know might look like a penalty. Did he get a little bit of jersey? Sure, let it go. You know, did he graze the helmet with the finger? Yeah, that's not that's not roughing the passer. Like let, let's let's ease up a bit on some of these calls, and and I and, and that that could be a, a source of success there. Um, but yeah, it's it's it definitely has has become I, I think a major problem. I mean, I know I have friends that 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 rarely tweet about you know, about, uh, sports in general. And they're, they're tweeting and, and talking about how bad, um, the, the, this problem has gotten. And, and I know, like I saw tweets from Barry Sanders who, you know, seems like a guy who tries to just kind of stay out of the public eye and tries to be like even keel and not get too riled up. He's going on blasting the officials on, on Twitter and stuff like that. So, um, unfortunately it's a problem that's probably not going away, um, anytime soon because are, are they going to make a lot of changes in season? I mean, if they want to, if they're smart, they would, but, uh, I don't see it happening, but it's, it's definitely something that, um, you know, had to be addressed, uh, and, and had to be talked about at least a little bit here. And, you know, it's, it's, it's because it has become such a, a big, big problem, uh, with the NFL game. Um, do you have any other thoughts on it, Dave, before I move on to the pickums this week? Nope, done talking about the ref. All right. Uh, buys this week, the Browns, Buccaneers, Panthers, and Steelers are off this week. Um, and 4 no under Kyle Allen, baby. Dude, that guy looks good. Um, well, so let, let's pose this to you before we get to Pickums. What happens if and when Cam Newton is healthy? How do you, how do you, how do you pull Kyle Allen? Right. I mean, I know he's not. I know he's not the best, but he's. I, all right. So here's the stat: last five games, Kyle Allen has started. The Panthers are five and zero. Last eight games, Cam Newton has started. They're zero and eight. Facts. There you go. Like, what more justification do you need? Now, again, the schedule gets a little bit tougher here, but we realistically have two out of three next games that are winnable. And I mean, you're sitting at six and three. You got you got life at playoffs and whatever else you you know, you're, you're desiring there. And I mean, the saints are pretty banged up right now too. So the sure. division is not out of reach. Oh, not, um, yeah, not by I, a long shot. And quite frankly, I mean, I like Kyle Allen, but I think you have a real good tool in uh, will Greer sitting there as well to come back uh, for the Panthers in a little bit too. So, um, not, not come back, but to develop. So I'm not uh, convinced that they don't move uh, Cam Newton coming up here, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. That's, that's definitely going to be one to watch. And I mean, here's the thing. For me, it, it comes down to an eye test. And plain and simple, the Panthers look better without Cam Newton. And, you know, I don't know if it's the uh, the vegan diet that he's on or what, but, I mean, he was he was struggling last year, and he wasn't healthy last year. And, and that, that's where it comes down to when you, when you have a more mobile quarterback that's going to get those hard yards, that's going to be good for a period of time. But there's also a shorter window there, and that's why when I when I talk about Lamar Jackson, when you know you, you talk about a Baker Mayfield, I mean Baker got his hip roughed up this past week. Like, you know, you, you have a guy fresh out of college, two years out of college, and and you know he's already getting you know having a hip injury. There the, the, there's those numbers and those hits are going to add up. Um, so Kyle Allen he stands in there, 
He's slinging the ball around. The, the, the offense is moving. He's hitting a lot of different targets. The eye test works. And and to me, if you're you know if you're the the Carolina Panthers, like you said, I don't see how you switch him out. Um, no, I think it's I think it's different if Cam is a hundred percent healthy and he's mobile. If, sure. if you can't send Cam on five to eight designed runs a game, he shouldn't be your quarterback because he is not accurate and he's not a he's not a pocket passer. He creates accuracy by being on the move and moving defenders and giving him that bigger window to throw the ball. Um, if he's 100% healthy and can move, move like that, I have way more um, positive vibes going if if they make that move to him. But if he's anything like he was week one or week two, you're freaking crazy for for moving him. I mean, this Panthers team with, with Kyle Allen starting, I, I don't want to say we are 6-0, and but and I'm saying we like I'm part of the team, but um, I, I I think that this Panthers team's five and one at the bare minimum. I mean, I think we beat the Rams or the Bucks, um, but realistically, they could have won both those games. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So it's it's definitely going to be something to watch. And as, as trade deadlines loom and whatnot, obviously you saw Jalen Ramsey uh, move to the Rams earlier today. That that's a pretty big deal and uh, one I'm pretty happy about because he's not going to be playing in Philadelphia. Uh, let's all right. Let's... I think uh, I think the thing with that that Ramsey deal for a quick comment on that is I think it shows that the the Rams really know how short of a window window that they have. Oh my gosh, yeah. To get there and to get back because I mean they gave up a hell of a lot for the next two years. Absolutely. For, and I mean obviously he's a good corner, but you you know how short of a window you have to win this thing. Well, and and it's and they also realize that th- their ability to win or lose the Super Bowl rests on that defense. I think they realize that Jared Goff, you know, he's he's not he's not the worst quarterback, but he's also not the best, you know, and that that offense has its limitations. Todd Gurley, we've already seen, you know, he he missed a game this you know this past weekend. The he's a, the arthritis in his knees or whatever it is. Like Todd Gurley has a has a you know has an expiration date that's coming much quicker than they thought. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Rams have a, have a pretty short window for a team that looked, you know, a calendar year ago, pretty, pretty damn perfect. Um, and, and that, that was going to be a potential at a, you know, not a one-time Super Bowl champion, but a multiple. And now, now you're just hoping to get one, uh, if you're the Rams, but you know, it was, it was a big time deal. Um, and you know, the Jaguars, man, they, they got, you know, two first round picks and more. So it's, it's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a hell of a return, um, for the Jaguars. All right, Dave. Let's real Jaguars quick. Jaguars fleeced them. Fleeced them, man. Sure did. Let's move to th- uh, the Pickums, the Big Five uh, this weekend, starting on Thursday night. Um, the Chiefs, who have now dropped two in a row, they're in a four and a half point favorite at the two and four Denver Broncos. And, and yes, I know this sounds crazy. I'm putting this game out there, um, but it's more of a what if scenario. The uh, the over under on this one forty nine is eight twenty. Uh, on Fox, the NFL Network, and Amazon Prime Video on Thursday night. Um, here's the thing. The Chiefs should win this game. Um, but the last two weeks, the blueprint for beating the Kansas City Chiefs has been given. Get at Patrick Mahomes. Disrupt that offense and their tempo. The, the Broncos' defense over the past couple weeks has, has come on to what we uh, a lot of people have expected them to be from the beginning. Um, so for me, I think you're looking – the Chiefs are, are you know trying to find themselves a bit. The Broncos have some momentum. So I'm actually going to go super bold here, probably pretty stupid, and I'm going to go – with the Broncos to pull the upset, and I'm playing the under on this one because that's going to be the key to victory is 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 stopping the Chiefs' offense from doing what the Chiefs' offense can do. So Broncos pull the upset and the under for me. So I think uh, I think there there is a key in this game here that is the key to determining who wins a large amount of the NFL game. And that is which defensive line is going to be able to get pressure through the offensive line on the quarterback. And I believe Kansas City's last two or three games, their offensive line has been extremely banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, which, um, Jim, I'm going to ask you 
does that bode well when you have two offensive line starters out? Um, re- no. Referring to a game this no. weekend with no, the, the no, Jets. It, it does not. It does not bode well at all. So I, I think that given that the the Chiefs have um, a multitude of injuries on, and not, not just the, the offensive line, but they have some D-line guys out as well. The receiving cord starting to get healthy. Um, Mahomes is also banged up with his ankle, so um, I, I don't I, this is a game that the number seems about right to me. Um, still have a little bit of digging and, and research to do on this, but um, I, I think that you're getting Kansas City a little bit of a, a cheap price here that you, you could make the argument that that's uh, a decent buy on them just given what the number's at. But uh, you also have to look at Denver, and they could be 4-2 and two without too much of a sweat. They lost uh, two, two last-second field goals there the first couple games this year. So um, – I, I am taking Kansas City just because I think you're getting a bargain on them, and uh, um, but I'm not too convinced on this game. I, I could see Kansas City winning this 30 to 10, or I could see Denver winning this 17 14. You know what I mean? Sure. If, if Kansas City's going to win, they're going to be in the 20s or th- the upper 20s, low 30s. Um, if Denver's going to win this, Kansas City won't score more than 17, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think that's uh, pretty accurate. All right, let's move to Sunday. Four games on Sunday, starting with the three and two Raiders off the bye. At the five and one Packers, a six and a half point home favorite, over under forty six and a half, uh, one o'clock on CBS. Um, the Raiders have been probably, you know, we, I, I said how you know, the referees have been the story of the year, but the Raiders are are a team that um, at three and two are, are a are a really interesting feel good story because. I think if if you would have given most people a prediction sheet, you probably would have had the Raiders, you know, maybe winning three games all season because it just seemed like everything was haywire out there. Um, I still don't know what who or what this Packers team is. Um, you know, they they looked like it was going to be a short loss yesterday. Obviously, uh, you know, we talked about various reasons why they were able to come back. Um, you know, they got shellacked by Philly a couple weeks ago. They come back out the next week and kick Dallas's ass. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know who the Packers are. I think they're going to win this game. Um, at six and a half though, I might play, I, if I'm playing this, I might play the Raiders with the points because there, there seems to be some bit of swagger with them and the fact that they're coming off the buy. So they've had plenty of time, uh, to prepare for this game, um, I, I will take the uh, slight over though forty six and a half um, because I do think that both offenses are are you know have had some success moving the ball. Um, so Raiders with the points, Packers went out right in the, in the slight over. So I think that this is a this is one of my two favorite fraudulent teams so far in the NFL. And granted, the the Packers defense is extremely improved this year. There's no taking that away. Um, but the Packers realistically could have you look at box scores they could have lost to the Cowboys based on the box score I think Dallas outgained them by 200 yards um granted a lot of that was in garbage time when the game was over but still um the Packers should have probably lost to the Broncos um they should have probably lost one other game earlier this year the Bears week one week one or week two um they probably should have lost so, I mean, I think that this Packers team is pretty fraudulent. Um, are, they, are they a good team? Yes. 6-1, uh, and one, hmm, probably not. 5-1, um, and one, whatever their number is. I'm not sure on that at the moment, to be honest. But uh, whatever their number is, um, I, I don't think that they are that good. I think this is a 3-2-ish, a and two-ish, 500-ish team that's going to regress here a little bit in the second half. Um, so, long story short with that rambling here, coming off the bye, um, the Raiders upset the Packers, and I'm taking the under. Nice pick. Uh, all right, let's go to a AFC uh, South matchup. The Texans at four and two take on the Colts at three and two, who are a one point home favorite over under forty eight. Uh, one o'clock on CBS. Um, I, I, this this is, should be one of I think the most fun games of the weekend, but in the same time probably the most confusing because I still don't, I don't, I don't really know who either of these teams are. Um, the Texans one week will show really, really great. The offensive line will, uh, you know, will, will block well. Watson has time. He throws the ball to everybody who's not 
DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I'm fantasy bitter right now. Um, and, and then the next week, you know, Watson's out running for his life and getting sacked 12 times. So um, the the key to this one for the Colts is if you want to win, I think you have to get at at Deshaun Watson, sack him, get it, get them off their game. I like the Texans to win. I do think they are the better team overall. Um, you know, the Colts, since the the luck, the surprise Andrew Luck retirement, Jacoby Brissett um, and that team have played pretty well. But I, I, even at home, I just don't think that you're you're going to be good enough uh, to beat this Texans team. So I like the the Texans, um, and I'm, and I'm going to actually I'm going to take the over because I, even though teams. Um, are, are fairly sound defensively. I, I just think that the offenses are going to be better than the defenses are. I'm going with the Colts. I think uh, Brissett is not that big of a, a downgrade from uh, Andrew Luck as everyone originally thought. Um, I, I think it's only a couple of points, obviously. I think where, where the downgrade from Luck to Brissett is, is the preparation and the uh, ability to lead versus the actual on the field playing. Um, and I'm taking the under, but uh, I think the Colts win this one. All righty, then let's move to 4:25 Eastern Time on Fox. Uh, it is the four and two Ravens at the five and one Seahawks, who are a three and a half point uh, home favorite. Uh, Fifty and a half is your number on this game. Um, obviously, you know the, the the Ravens defense has has kept them in games. And, you know, Lamar Jackson has been able to, you know, kind of dazzle, um, dazzle the world again this year. Um, but I, I saw a stat in, in the Ravens game uh, this weekend where the, their their actual running game is not performing well at all. It's just Lamar Jackson and when he has to get creative. I, I think you're going to have a hard time doing that in Seattle against the Seattle team and then oh yeah you have to slow down Russell Wilson and company and I and in that running game I just don't know that they're going to be able to do it I'm actually going to take the under on this one because I think you're the, the Ravens defense is going to be good enough to, to bottle the Seahawks up a little bit same with the Seahawks defense to, to the Ravens offense but eventually you know Seattle's going to get the thing going I'm going to take Seattle on the points but I'm going to take the under well, this is the, the game with the 100% biggest fraud in the NFL this year, the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. What an absolute luck box of games that they've had so far. You beat the Bengals when you, were, when you had 160 total yards of offense. You beat the Steelers because um, you faced Mason Rudolph. You, beat the, you lose to the Saints against Teddy Bridgewater at home. How good of a team are you if you lose to Teddy Bridgewater at home while well, he's on the road? And you have the biggest home field advantage in the NFL. You beat Kyler Murray so in Arizona, so I guess that's a decent win. You, you barely <laughs> that's beat, a decent win you now. You should have lost to the – well, compared to these other wins, it might be their best win. <laughs> you, you, you barely beat the Rams at home because you should have lost because the kicker had a freaking meltdown. And, yes, I faded the Seahawks for like five <laughs> out of six weeks, so I'm a little jammed on this. That's all right. We're, bit, we're bitter about the, various reasons or different reasons why. And then you, you you beat the Browns because Baker Mayfield decides that he's got to throw a six gosh darn dang pick off the game and forgets what color he's throwing to. And you still should have lost that game. I mean, you, you beat the Browns and you allowed almost seven yards per play. That's unheard of. That that wins you 90-plus percent of NFL games. So um, the Seahawks are fraud. The Ravens win this game. And – I have a nice Russell Wilson ticket, so that's all I'm saying. I have him 25 to one to win the MVP this year, and they are freaking fraud. Yeah, okay. I don't give a shit how many points are scored. <laughs> all right, then let's move to the last one, Dave. Here, as we uh, slowly start to wrap up the show, it is the three and three Eagles. Here, let me uh, let me handle this one. Eagles money line game over. See you, Dallas. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, to me, that that's the smart play. I have absolutely zero faith that uh the clapper is gonna have this team ready to go and and it it sucks um but it's 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 wasted talent and wasted years um for the cowboys right now it's 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 an absolute dumpster fire um I, i i hate picking the eagles but uh yeah exactly what you said uh that one is uh 
820 Sunday night, NBC. So I saw, I think I saw one of my favorite uh, gifts that I saw this week. Um, it was two trash cans floating down a flooded street, and it said it was a live look at the uh, NFC East divisional oh, race. Dude, it's so bad. It really is so the bad. Other thing, the other thing that makes me like the Eagles a little bit more on this spot is if you look at their schedule in the next four games, this might be the most winnable game. So they really need this game. Right. Um, and I think that that gives them a huge motivational edge. Um, but the this is one of those, though, too. Every time you have been down on the Cowboys this year, they somehow won. And every time you're like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good, they get their ass beat. So um, <laughs> this seems like one of those spots where where uh, Dallas just somehow finds a way. But the other thing that's uh, really, really key in this game is Philadelphia is finally starting to get healthy. Yeah. Um, the, the wide receivers are coming back. And, and more importantly, I think the Philadelphia defensive line is just going to absolutely eat against the the Cowboys here, especially if they're two linemen are out. If they're uh, linemen are back. They're they're not they're not going to be. I, I saw something a couple hours ago that um, the Cowboys are are going on the belief that they will not have their uh, their starting tackles back. So that tells you all you need to yeah, know. Yeah, but I don't believe any of that stuff until I see it in the Friday injury report. So um, I'll just keep that there. I, sure. I would agree that I think that they're out, but. Uh, keep an eye on that because if they if they play, um, I like Dallas a lot more in the spot, and you'll get a better number too. Sure, but uh, I, I think uh, I think Philadelphia can can absolutely wax the uh, the Cowboys here, and uh, yeah, I, I I I don't. I this is one of those games I wish that ended in a tie because then both fan bases would be miserable. <laughs> Yeah, that would uh, that'd be pretty rough. Uh, real quick, check in the Astros won today, four to one in New York. They are they now have a uh, two to one series lead uh, against the Yankees. Game four is scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, potential for a rainout though, as uh, some rain expected in the Northeast. Quite a bit of rain and wind in the Northeast. So even if they play that game, it's going to be a sloppy one. And currently, top of the sixth, uh, the Nationals had been up seven nothing. Is now seven to four. Um, here's the deal. Even if the Cardinals find a way to come back and win this one, um, the, the series is, is going to go to the nationals. Um, obviously very likely, um, before, uh, before we get to next week. So, um, expect the nationals coming out of the, uh, of the NL. Uh, do you think the Astros are going to hold on and finish off the series or is the, are the Yankees going to pull it off? So first off, I, I would like to say that I think I'm going to be able to cash my uh, Nationals nine to one ticket for the uh, NL NL series here. Uh, I would um, say I got that after game game one of the divisional series. So that was uh, again one game and everything overreacts. So keep that in mind for the World Series. And it's normally a uh, a pretty good play to to come back on uh, whoever loses the first game that you generally can buy out later on in the series. Um, the other piece though with this uh, Astros team. Um, I, I like the Nationals against either the Yankees or the, the, the Astros, but um, I just think you're going to get such a grossly inflated price. Um, but the the, uh, the the Astros pitching staff is just ridiculous. And you had uh, you had Garrett Cole that didn't even have his best stuff today. Uh, clearly did not have his best stuff. I mean, he's been lights out. Um, I think he's had like 11 or 12 straight starts. And he's had 10-plus strikeouts, which is just absurd. Um, but he didn't have his best stuff today, and I think the Yankees scored one run on him. And that's in a freaking Little League park in the Bronx. So um, I, don't, I don't know how the Yankees beat him in Houston game six, game seven here. Um, they, in, in order for the Yankees to win this series, they have to beat him or they have to beat Verlander. Right. Um, and it's going to have to be Verlander, I think, because I just don't know how you, you get it by Cole right now. Um, now, granted, that's not to say that there couldn't be some regression or something, but he's just been in the ball so unbelievable at the moment. But um, tomorrow against Verland is pretty much a must-win, I think, in in my eyes. But uh, I, I don't know how you go against the Astros right now. Yeah, and uh, I think Astros Nationals will make a pretty damn good uh, World Series. So we will uh, look at that and address that next week as it uh, becomes available. And, and obviously – our normal uh, football stuff. So, Dave, let the people know where they can follow you, your plays, and all of that fun stuff, and we're going to get out of here. 
We're at uh, Huddle Up Dave on Twitter, and I got to throw out uh, one more one more stat here. It's a little bit ridiculous for those inclined uh, dabbling in the, the de- degenerate nation. Um, saw a stat on Twitter today, so it must be true. Um, but the last 31 times since 2012 that there has been a double-digit home underdog, the under is 27 and four, hitting at 87.1 percent. So um, I'm looking at you, you. Uh, Washington this week. I believe you're a 10 point underdog at uh, host in San Francisco. So um, I do like the, the, the under makes a lot of sense there with San Francisco coming west off of a huge divisional win. Um, first half under also probably smells pretty good too. Uh, but just a, a really, really strong stat trend there. So those of you that are trend players have to throw that out there. But uh, uh, be a nice, uh, nice easy week here with. Uh, a sweat-free week of football two weeks in a row. I had a sweat-free week. Uh, the Panthers pretty much took care of business, and that game was over um, before 11 o'clock, which was kind of a nice relaxing uh, <laughs> Sunday afternoon in the in the neighborhood there. So, um, again, we're at Huddle Up Dave, and who knows what shenanigans will be happening on Twitter, uh, especially with Jim and Dave hitting the golf course on Saturday. Oh, that'll be fun. Uh, maybe you'll get some pictures and whatnot uh, from that outing. So, Uh, We'll talk to you. I'll see you Saturday, but we'll talk to you here next week, Dave. You got it. And uh, take care and good luck if you uh, get down this weekend. Yes, sir. All right. That is going to do it for us. We appreciate those who are listening to us. Subscribe to us on our podcast feed and all of our social media pages at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. I am at Big Jim Sports. Make sure you check out our home network, NGSC Sports, at NGSCSports.com and the sponsor of this show and the NGSC Sports. It's Alicia's Pillows and Things. Head over to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order for all the great pillows, stools, and much, much more to decorate your home, man cave, and much more Alicia's Pillows and Things. Until next week, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.